Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. about in here a product of God not giving up on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's not finished yet. Amen. He's not finished yet. Genesis chapter 28. Amen. Thank the Lord for our praise and worship ministry. Amen. Thank you for listening to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Simon, for your leadership hearing the Lord what to minister in song on a Sunday morning. Genesis chapter 28 beginning at verse number 16 and you really should read this whole section. It will bless you. Amen. Uh, Verse 16 says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed on his head and set it up as a pillow and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey that I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God, and the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. In chapter 35, verses 1 through 3, then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God. Who appeared to yeah, to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have you have you have with you, and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. I want to talk about developing a transcendent faith. Developing a transcendent faith. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you've sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today, and thank you for what your word accomplishes in our lives. Have your way now. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can minister this word in the way that you want it ministered. Open my mind, open my thoughts, my spirit as I open myself up to you. Pour into me as I pour out to your people. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now there is a lot in this text and in this section. Uh, That's why it's good for you to go back and read it. We could preach from this section for about uh, six months and never never, uh, finish it all. But today, the Lord was dealing with me about a transcendent faith. And, uh, uh, you know, as we journey with him. And developing faith, developing faith is a journey that no one embarks upon or engages upon alone. And uh, it's so critical that we understand that, that God is a part of, the, an integral part of the process. The song we just finished singing, Don't Give Up on God, because he won't give up on you. God is able. God is with us. Even many times when we're disobedient and we're following our own minds and going our own way, God doesn't give up on us. He doesn't give up on us. 
God is the one who created us. And when God created us, he created us with purpose in mind, with purpose and destiny. Uh, and he knows that we can never enter our destiny. We can never fulfill our purpose in and of ourselves. So he is with us in the process. Romans 12 and 3 tells us that God has given to each of us a measure of faith. And every time I read that, you know, he's given to each of us a measure of faith. I read that and I, and I hear in my spirit, this is the beginning of the faith journey. This is the beginning of the process that leads us to him and, and, and starts us and starts the development into a mature and a transcendent faith. I want to talk about that transcendence just in a moment. And I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. Amen. We're, we're born again believers, so we don't deal with, we don't engage in that foolishness. But we're talking about a faith that transcends. Amen. So it starts with God. He gives to each of us, he gives to each of us, each of us a measure of faith. Amen. And a measure is just that. Anybody who cooks knows that when you are when you're putting your ingredients in, you have to put in measures. You have to put in, you have to measure things correctly. You don't put a whole bottle of vanilla flavor into the cake batter. You put in a measure of it. You put in a measure of it. So that's the beginning. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but if it's a measure of faith that God has given to us, that means that that's not all of the faith that we can have. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's just a small part, but God intends for us to engage that measure and work with that measure of faith that is given to us so that that measure increases, so that our faith grows. God wants your faith to grow stronger and stronger and stronger as you journey with him. Amen. And this is so important in this process. We're on a journey. We're on a faith journey. We're not just going from earth to heaven, but we're on a journey of faith, and it takes faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Amen. We don't live by sight. We live by faith, faith in the almighty God. Amen. When we come to Christ and we begin, uh, we become a part of the body of Christ, we should never stop at salvation. We should never stop at being born again. There is more. Amen. There is more to have. There is more to experience in God. Amen. That measure that we have that's given to us at the beginning needs to grow. You know, I was as I was meditating and, and, and praying over this message, I thought about what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you have the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountains, you know, be to that mountain, be removed. And of course, he's not talking about a physical mountain, but the things in your life that you can speak to, and those things will be removed. Amen. So, but you know what? As I as I thought about, as I thought about that and prayed about that, you know, um, Jesus said, you can have the mustard seed. All you need is size, faith size of a grain of mustard seed. But that's not all the faith you can have. You can have that, but you can have more. Amen. You can say, oh, all I need is mustard seed faith. Yeah, but can't you have more? I believe the Lord wants us to have more. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he wants us to have more. He wants our faith to continue to grow and continue to develop in him. Amen. Um, so when you deal with this faith life, it's much more than being just a member of the church, you know. And the older I get, you know, and, and I know that the Lord has not given me any responsibility to be a fruit inspector. But, you know, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know that an apple tree is an apple tree because it bears apples. So the older I get and the more you look at the church world, and as you study church history. And even as you study the history of this country, you know, you talk about this country being founded, you know, you're always talking about this, the fathers of the faith, the founders of the country, you know, and, and, and this is a lot of foolishness that's going on, a lot of evil things that are happening today. And, and, and a lot of stuff that's happening that's coming out and through the church is because people don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. You know, people go to church, you know, and people may know the Bible, 
But you got to have a personal relationship with the Lord. You have to be transformed. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you, you, you come to the house of the Lord. You, you, you engage and be a part of the body of Christ so that you are transformed to be like God. Amen. I'm going to talk a little bit more about, uh, about what's happening uh, around us in just a moment. But, but it's more than just being a member of the church. It's more than just knowing about God. Amen. I can go to school. I can read a book. And I can know about God. But do I know him personally? Amen. God is a personal God. God reveals himself to us. Amen. God reveals himself to anyone who will seek him and want to know him. God will reveal himself to us. So, so, so this, this transcendent faith does not come just because you are a member of the church. Amen? It does not come just because you are a member of the church. Uh, it comes with a re- in a relationship, an ever-growing, ever-developing relationship with the holy, transcendent, almighty God who enables his people to run through troops and to leap over walls. Amen. And this kind of faith just doesn't happen. God is an integral part of the process. Amen. Amen. He's an integral part of our growth process. We're not doing this on our own. It's not in flesh and blood. That's why Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless. I'm going to talk to his disciples. I'm going away to leave you. I'm but I won't leave you helpless. I will send Holy Spirit. Amen. He will be with you. He will be in you. Amen. And, and so God does not leave us to develop this transcendent faith alone. He's in the process. And in this process of developing a transcendent faith, we're going to go through trials. Yeah. We're going to have ups and downs in life. We're going to have some hard times in life. Amen. It's no sense in anyone thinking, and all of us know this, it's no sense in anyone thinking that just because I become a Christian or just because I have faith in God, I am not going to have a difficult time in my life. I'm going to have some hard times. Yeah, I'm going to, there are going to be some times when I might even feel like I'm all alone. But again, you know, when I've come to the place, and this is what we, this is a part of the growth process, I've come to the place where I realize that a feeling is just a feeling. It's not reality. Amen? Amen. Reality is that God is with me. Reality is that when I feel like I'm alone, I'm never alone because he promised never to leave me. He promised never to forsake me. He promised that he would be with me always, even until the end of the age. Amen. And I found out that God is a God of his word. Amen. Every Sunday I get up to preach. Amen. It's a process of me knowing that God is with me. Amen. Amen. He's with me. I may feel like on Saturday night that I don't know what I'm going to say, but I've learned, amen, as my spiritual father told us years ago, when on a Saturday night, when it's not coming together, go to bed and go to sleep. Amen. Because God is in control. When you get up and get ready to preach glory to God, amen, the Holy Ghost will rise up in you and the Holy Ghost will speak. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. I do not subscribe to the fact I do not subscribe to the fact that if I just open my mouth, God will speak for me. Amen. Amen. I put some in, in my spirit. Amen. Amen. I've done some studying over the years. Amen. And I don't study just to preach. Amen. I study to live. Amen. And that's what we have to, as preachers, that's what we have to learn to do. You have to do your devotional so you can live. Amen. You have to be in the Word so you can live. Amen. You have to be in the Word so you can be strong. Amen. And so when the Word is in you, amen, when it's time for you to speak to God's people, God will bring that Word out of you. The Holy Ghost will bring Bring it up inside of you, and it will come up. Hallelujah. And it will come out. Amen. That's when you open your mouth and the Lord will speak. Amen. Amen. And so as I was thinking about this, the Lord led me to Jacob's story. The the word transcendent came to my mind, and I said, Lord, who in the Bible, who in the Bible can we look at? Where in the Bible? Let me... uh, a lesson in homiletics. You know, you're going to get story. You're going to get preaching. You're going to get... uh, 
insight, inspiration for preaching from a lot of places. Amen. Sometimes it starts in the Word. Sometimes the Lord will give you a, a thought. Sometimes you're riding on the highway and you see a billboard and the, and the Holy Spirit will say, that's a message. Amen. Now that, start, that thought stays in your, in your mind. Amen. But you got to go back to the Word. Amen. If it doesn't come out of the Word and it comes to you as inspiration comes, you got to go back to the Word because we preach the Bible. Amen. Amen. We don't preach philosophy. Amen. We don't preach theory. We preach the word of the Lord. Amen. So I said, Lord, who, who, show me. Show me. And, 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 and the Lord brought me to this story about Jacob, to Jacob's story. Jacob became a man of transcendent faith as he matured on his journey with God. Amen. He wasn't that from the beginning. Now, if you know Jacob's story, yeah, Jacob was, yeah. yeah, he was a mama's boy, you know. I was a mama's boy, but, you know, I had my daddy balanced that out, amen. I thank God for my daddy, amen, yeah. But now my mama didn't do what Jacob's mama did. If you know Hebrew tradition, the oldest child, the oldest son, received the father's blessing and inheritance. Well, Jacob's mama Amen. And, and you know, and I, I didn't write this down, but thank, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this back up. God does not need us to do tricks and, 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 and undermining things to accomplish his will. Now, we might look at this story and we see how God turned this thing around, but God did not need Jacob's mama in the process. God could have done what he wanted to do without Jacob's mama. Amen. God was going to do what he wanted to do without Jacob's mama. So, you know, you know, God, amen. So, you know what Jacob's mama did? Amen. She wanted Jacob to get the birthright. So she, she, she devised a plan for Jacob to sell, for Esau to sell his birthright to Jacob. She tricked, she, and that's why Jacob's name means supplanter. Jacob was a trickster. Anybody know any tricksters? Woo. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Amen. So he didn't start out being a man of faith. We, we don't start out being people of faith. Amen. We don't. Amen. We grew up in families. We grew up in homes. Sometimes our families don't know the Lord. Sometimes our family have, have a marginal faith. They might, they might have gone to church, but they were not really deep in the Lord. They might have sang in the choir, might have been leaders in the church, but, you know, then at home it was a different story. Amen. So a lot of us did, you know, we, didn't, we never start out as people of deep faith in God. It's a growing process. So Jacob became a man of transcendent faith. His father, Isaac, his grandfather, uh, Abraham, amen, were men of faith, but they had to become, they had to become men of faith. And on their journey of faith, I'm sure they passed some elements of faith on to Jacob, amen. Uh, but Jacob had to develop this faith that would transcend time, transcend circumstances, and transcend situations for himself in order for him to be the man that God wanted him to be and to fulfill the destiny that God had for his life. And let me tell you, if you don't already know it, and, and most of us do, that God has a plan for your life. There are things that God has destined for you to do. Now, you may be running from God. You may be like Jonah today, amen, but you will end up in the belly of a whale, amen. You'll end up in a situation where you're either going to have to cry out for God or drown, amen, amen. So, yeah, at this point, at this point uh, in Jacob's life that's recorded in chapter 28 of Genesis, Jacob doesn't have this transcendent faith. If he had faith at all, it was a faith that is faith of his mother, amen, uh, faith in his mama, maybe faith in his dad, or faith in what they said, amen, uh, and this is why we have to move beyond a mama's, what mama's faith is, what daddy's faith is, we have to own this faith for ourselves, amen, um, and so when you look at what, what, what uh, Jacob's mother did, she, she was operating more like an unbeliever than she was a believer, Amen. She was really following Satan rather than following God. 
So we know that the faith that Jacob started out with was not the faith that he would end up with. The word transcendent, the word transcendent means beyond or be above the range of the normal or merely physical human experience. It means surpassing the ordinary. It means exceptional, all right? Um, and uh, yeah, so this is what I wrote. You know, a lot of people uh, want to settle for the mustard seed faith, amen, because that's what Jesus said. Well, he didn't say that that was all you could have, amen. He didn't say that was all you could have. That's all you need, but you ought to want more, amen, amen. Um, uh, because we serve the God who, who can do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the mighty power that is working in us. You know, when I think about what the Word says, you know, then I realize more. Paul said, I want to know him. And the, and the power of his, of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. I don't want to just read about him. I don't want to just, 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 just be preached to about him. I don't want to just have an experience with him. I want to go deeper. I want more. How many of you want more? Amen. And, 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 and when you begin to want more, then that, 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 that more that you begin to want begins to transcend, begin to transform your faith and take you to a different level of faith. Amen. Amen. Um, so if, if God is able to do more than uh, uh, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, uh, if he's able to do that um, and if God is able to do that, then I want God to do that in my life and in your life as well. Therefore, we can't just stop at the measure that's been given to us of faith, nor can we stop at the mustard seed faith. Let's go on to a faith that transcends the ordinary, that transcends the mundane, that transcends time, that transcends circumstances and situations of life and glorifies God in a mighty way in the process. Amen. Let's go on. Let's go on. Amen. Amen. It's almost like leaving the fundamentals of the faith and going on to maturity in the Lord. There are a lot of Christians that are just not maturing in the Lord. They, they're just constantly coming, but to that, you don't see growth in them. You don't see change in them. Amen. Thank God that this is a process. Prayerfully, they'll get there as they go on the way. Well, when we look at this, this transcendent faith, the first thing that, that the Lord laid out, pointed out to me, was that transcendent faith focuses on God. It focuses in on God. Not people. Now, I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. I talked about, you know, a, a, a Jacob's mother, right, and how he may have looked up to, uh, to her and the things she did to, she thought would make things happen in her life, amen, in his life. But, but when we talk about it focuses on God and not people, uh, as we grow up as children, we look up to our parents, yes. But our parents should be helping us look up to God. Some people want to stop right there. They want their children to just look up to them. They want to be the great, and you ought to want to be great in your child's eye, but you want God to be greater. Amen. You want God to be greater in your child's eye. You want, you want your children to grow up to, to, to look to God. To Yes, yes, daddy works. Daddy brings money in, but it's God who provides. It's God, it's God who supplies all of our need according to his glory uh, in Christ, according to, yeah, his glory in Christ Jesus. It is God. So we want to teach our children to look up to God. Well, you know, when we, when we look at that, sometimes we look at we don't talk about this a lot in the United States, but, you know, there are people who worship their ancestors. There's ancestral worship that goes on in undeveloped countries around the world. People who worship cows and, and, and goats and sheep and fish, you know, all kinds of things that happen. But, but we have to learn to look up to God. And what we're seeing in America today among, among many people um, is that this rise of nationalism, this, this great rise of nationalism that's tying your affection to your country, your love of your country to God. And nationalism and faith in God don't go hand in hand all the time. 
They don't go hand in hand. I'm a Christian whether I love America or not. I'm a Christian whether I believe that America is the greatest nation in the world or not. Because I have to look at things realistically. Amen. As I condemn, as America condemns other nations, America has done a lot of evil in this world. America has toppled governments. Amen. America has caused people to suffer. America has dropped bombs on people and killed people. I know war happens, but, but, but at the same time, I cannot. America has engaged in slavery and justified it. And so today, you know, we want to take everything out of our textbooks that deals with slavery. And we don't, some people don't want their children to feel bad because they talk about slavery. Well, the truth is the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth, you know. And so we're putting, some people are putting their country above God. Amen. There is, I was reading an article just the other day about, uh, well, I, I just need to say it because there's no way around not saying it, <laughs> about those in the Republican Party who are now looking to this college somewhere up in the Midwest. It may be Hillsborough, Hillsdale, some college. Hillsdale. Thank you, Hillsdale College, where they're looking to them to rewrite textbooks. To re so they take things out of the textbooks that, 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 that deals with anything negative about America. And they're pushing the idea of patriotism, okay? Now, and it's not just rewriting the textbooks, but according to what the article said, that Teachers and educators around the world are upset, around the United States, are upset, upset about this because they're also bringing these people in to change a lot of stuff in the school system. Now, I should have saved the article so you could read it yourself, and I should have read it more. But, but you look at this. Now, I realize, I realize that, yeah, the Democratic Party, you know, we got some stuff that just ain't spiritually right. Okay. But then... I, if that's the case, then you got to look at both parties and realize that there is no Christian party in the United States. And realize that the United States is not, by law, a Christian nation. So let's deal with the facts of the matter and let's learn how to live together. All right? Because what's eventually going to happen now, this is being pushed through the evangelical church. And what's eventually going to happen is that there's going to be a greater divide in the church world because there's some of us who realize what's going on. Amen. And we're not just going to, we're not just going to buy this laying down. Amen. I'm not calling for any kind of race war or anything like that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying what I'm saying. But you know, we, and then the other side of that is more of us need to be aware of what's going on got to be aware of what's going on. And then we have to go back to our focus on God. So you got, you got the evangelicals that are doing that part, and now we're studying, we're studying urban apologetics, and you got all of these uh, bricks, all of these black uh, uh, religious, what is R is, religious identity cults, amen, who are pushing blackness. Well, God is not black. Jesus is not black. He wasn't black, amen? God is a spirit, amen? And they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, amen? So let's, let's stop this division, amen, in the church world and let's preach the truth. Let's go straight down the line, amen, about faith in the almighty God who transcends time, circumstance, race, ethnicity, and all of this stuff. That's where the church has to get back to. Got to get back to God. Amen. Got to get back to God in real faith, real genuine biblical faith in God. You know, I know, I know, I understand. As I was reading last week preparing to teach, I understand why people say, why some people say that Christianity is a white man's religion. I can understand that. I know they're off base. But when you look at Christianity around the world, Christianity has been painted white. It's been painted white. You see images of Jesus, you see a white Jesus. Well, then what the church needs to do is say, take down the images of a white Jesus, take down the images of a black Jesus, and worship God. 
in spirit and in truth. That's why God said, you shall not make unto, unto yourselves any graven images. And when you put up a statue of Jesus, you have a graven image. And we've got to teach our people that you don't need a black God, a black Jesus, to find identity. You find your identity in the God who created you in his image and his likeness. So you are valuable because you are created in God's image. The supreme, the almighty, the transcendent God. He is the one who created you in his image. He is not black, nor is he white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transcendent faith, amen. So we, we've got we've to get past this. Where we are, and we gotta we gotta look look at the God who revealed Himself in Scripture, and never showed Himself physically to people. You know what He said to Moses? Moses, said, God, I want to see Your face. God said, Nobody has seen my face and lived. He said, But this is what I'll do, Moses. I will allow you to encounter me. Amen. I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock and I'm going to pass by. And when I pass by, you'll see my backside. You'll see my goodness. You'll see my glory and you'll glorify me. Oof. That's what we need to see. We need to see the goodness of God in the midst of our sinfulness, in the midst of our degradation, in the midst of our fallenness. We need to see the goodness of God because a black Jesus can't save you. A white Jesus can't save you. But the Jesus who gave his life on the cross, the Jesus who shed his precious blood, amen, his sinless blood, Perfect blood. He's the one that God sent to save you. And nobody was taking pictures of Jesus when he lived. Michelangelo was not, was his name Michelangelo? Whatever that was not around. Painting a picture of Jesus. No Pope in the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church has really propagated this, but I think, you know, studying say some of this started with people in America who painted this image of Jesus. But I, I'm going to go past that. You read the book. Amen. Run around when Jesus was alive. So there are no pictures of him. So young black people in here, especially young black men, and tell your buddies and your friends who hop on this thing about a black Jesus and a black God. There are no pictures. We don't know what he looked like. We know he was from Palestine. So he was not more than likely, high pink. <laughs> and he definitely wasn't white. And more likely to have a pointed nose. But in Revelation, that even described Jesus. So, you know, the Bible is spiritual. God is not, is not pushing racism in the Bible. Ah, secondly, secondly, a transcendent faith focuses us in on uh, on the attributes, and I kind of talked a little bit about this already, but the attributes of God. You know, what, 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 what Jacob experienced there, he, uh, backing up, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob experienced God. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob met God that night as he was running from his brother Esau, you know. And Jacob, Jacob had an encounter Jacob had an encounter with God. So in this encounter, it was the starting process of Jacob moving beyond mama and daddy's faith. Amen. To developing this transcendent faith of his own. Because Jacob needed faith in God for himself, for what God wanted to do in his life and what God was going to do in his life. Jacob needed to trust God. And, and now in the process, amen, Jacob encountered the holy God. Amen. Jacob encountered the God who was not a trickster, the God who was not a deceiver, the God who was not a liar. Because anytime you engage in tricking people, you're lying. You're deceiving. Yeah, and that's, those are the attributes of Satan, who is the deceiver of the brethren. Yeah. So Jacob encountered the sovereign, holy God. And, and, I, and I heard the Lord say, people need to know my attributes. They need to know my attributes. Amen. Uh, uh, and the Bible says, 
that, that we're being transformed, we're being transformed into his image, amen, uh, day by day, all right? Uh, uh, as, we, as, we, as we live in him, as we experience it, and this is why it's so important for you to experience God, amen. It's not enough for you just to, just to say, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. But you've got to, you've got to, you got to want to know him. You got to want to experience him. You know, you know, you got, you, you got to want some testimonies for yourself where you, where you encountered the Lord. When I talk about, when I talk about my, my calling experience, you know, sometimes it might sound strange to people, but, but the Lord visited me in my dorm room. And, 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 and had a conversation with me that I don't remember all of it, but I remember getting up from my bed, going to the door to make sure that the door was locked because I was like, who is this that came in this room and talked to me? Huh. Yeah. I experienced God and along the way in life. I've experienced, so Jacob experienced God. He experienced God. And in this experience, Jacob's life was being transformed. Now, 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 one theologian calls God the holy other. This is one of the things that we studied in seminary. Amen. He is not like us. Hallelujah. He is, he is not like us. He's holy. Amen. Uh, 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 we have a sin nature. God doesn't have a sin nature. We are finite. God is infinite. We are natural. God is supernatural. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, hallelujah. Until we are saved and then he begins to transform us. Amen. And it's a daily process. As I, as I started to say, we are being transformed into his image day by day. 2 Corinthians, first, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says this. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Where, where does the unveiled face come from? When you come to Jesus, the Lord begins to lift the veil off your face, off your eyes. So now, 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 if I, if I want to be transformed, I've got to contemplate the Lord. What does the word contemplate mean? The, the word contemplate means looking thoughtfully for a long time, thinking profoundly and at length at, meditating upon the Lord's glory. Uh, all right, the glory of God is Jesus, amen, amen, and all of his, all of his greatness, Jesus and all of his attributes. And as we, as we contemplate the Lord, amen, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Mm. So you know what happens when you, when you fell in love with Yvonne, Jonathan? You contemplated her. Yeah, you, you looked at her. You, you gazed upon her beauty. And you just thought about her. Sometimes you couldn't sleep at night because you were thinking about her. So you don't know about that. <laughs> oh, bless the name of Jesus. Amen. But that's what happens when people say they fall in love. Amen. Amen. You <laughs> so so they, they just they spend their time morning, afternoon, and night thinking. They wake up in the morning. That's what God wants us to do for him and with him. Amen. He wants us to contemplate Jesus. Think about Jesus. Many times our minds are somewhere else. It's on our job. It's on our family. It's on our trials. It's on our trip. Contemplate Jesus, and then the Holy Ghost will change you into his image day by day. Yeah. And you'll encounter him. You, as you begin to contemplate him, you will encounter him. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to reveal himself to you. Amen. You may not see his face, but you'll see his glory. Amen, you'll see his glory. As Jacob journeyed with God, he encountered the holy God in his glory. 
that experience transformed his faith into a transcendent faith. So you know what? If you're not encountering the holiness of God or the holy God, then your faith is not being transformed. You got the measure, but you stopped right there. You know, and a lot of people get the measure. Then after a while, church is no longer interested to them. Being engaged in ministry is no longer interesting to them. They have gifts and abilities, and they never use them in ministry. So they never have the experience of, of going deeper in the Lord. Amen? They come and they sit down, and they do nothing, or they do the least. And some of us have gotten to the point now that we're doing the least. Yeah, we got to get out of that. You got to get out of that. You got to get out of doing the least. Yeah, you give the Lord a tidbit. I think some people are just, you know, they're, they're, they're calculating t- the tithe of their time and the tithe of their talents. And they say, okay, now I can do this much, but the rest of this is for me and my family. Me and my family, me and my family need to be serving the Lord. As for me and my house, we'll do what? Amen. Amen. So I can never say that I've given God enough. I didn't get too many amens on that, but it's the truth anyhow. I'm not preaching for you, amens. Be quiet, and I'll keep on preaching. I'll preach longer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We can't calculate our time. And some people are just giving God just, just fragments because we've got so many other things going on. So many other things going on in our lives. And we've got to start back to giving God our all. And allowing God to make room for everything else in our lives. Woo. Ah, Lord have mercy. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as Jacob journeyed, as Jacob journeyed with God, he encountered the holy God in all of his glory. And that experience transformed his faith into a transcendent faith. It was no longer the faith of his father, the faith of his mother or his grandfather, but it became Jacob's faith. And you can read the account, amen, as Jacob is, 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 is experiencing God along the way. Now, you see, you see what happens in the text. As he's going, he has allowed his family to bring idol gods along with him. And, you know, a lot of our problems when we see, uh, all, we see stuff in our homes and our families is that we've allowed our families to bring idol gods along the way. But one thing Jacob did when the Lord spoke to him again, he said, put away. Put away those gods, those idol gods. You know, in this society that we live in in America, it's difficult not to allow our families to bring idol gods in. Because our children are so influenced by the world. And I can understand the push back to conservatism and some of the stuff that's happening. Because nobody should be teaching your child about sex. Nobody should be affirming your child's, uh, if your child, well, you shouldn't be either. When your child is a child, they don't know. They don't know. They need to know that God created them as a girl or a boy. And they don't need to be thinking different about it. And you need to be undergirding that. But you definitely don't need the teacher in the school to be speaking that into your child. And you don't need them being able to send your child to the doctor, whatever, whatever they do, with all the liberalism that's going on. You don't need to be doing that. You know, God didn't give your child to the teacher. God gave your child to you. Amen. And you as a believer should understand what God expects out of his And God doesn't make mistakes. We've all, we all have a fallen nature and we've all sinned, but God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. Anyhow, yeah, transcendent faith. The last thing, last thing, hallelujah. Y'all still with me? Hallelujah, amen. A transcendent faith focuses us in on the ability of the transcendent God. Amen, I thank God for the song before I preach. God is able to do. Amen. Just what he said he was doing. He's able. Amen. And we've we got to know. We've got to know. We've got to know the ability of the transcendent God. 
And it is experiencing God, God's ability in our very own lives that helps our faith become transcendent. You see, between chapter 28 and chapter 35, God was working when he was always working. We see him more at work in Jacob's life because, you know, now in chapter 28, it's right after Jacob has stolen his brother's birthright and he's running away from home. So you see God moving and working, amen, in these chapters in, in, in Jacob's life, in Jacob's life and, and, and Jacob's circumstances. And on Jacob's faith, God is working so that Jacob could see God for who he really was and learn of God's ability. Amen? I don't know. You might be in, in between chapter 28 and 35 in your life, and I'm not talking about age. Amen? But just know that God is at work transforming your faith into a transcendent faith. Amen? God has not left you. Amen? You may be going through trials and tribulations and struggles. Amen? But God has not left you. God is at work in your life. Amen? You can talk about an able God. You can sing about an able God. But there must come a point in your life that you know for yourself that God is able. Amen? Because we don't live by sight. We don't live by feeling. We live by faith. Amen? And in my, in, in my life, amen, I may not feel like God is doing, but I've got to know that God is moving. Amen? I may not see God, God at work in my life, but I've got to know that God is at work in my life. Amen? I may not be experiencing change right now in my life, but I've got to know that God is at work changing my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I come to know this on this journey of my faith being transformed. See, mama couldn't teach me that God is able. She could tell me about it, but I experienced it for myself. Mama couldn't teach me that God will make a way out of no way, but I had to experience it for myself. Mama couldn't teach me that God will feed me when I was hungry, but I had to find out for myself. Amen. And God put me in situations where I had to find out for myself. Amen. From a young child, I, I learned that God will make a way. Now, I believe what they said. I did. Amen. And I stayed in the church. You know, you, you, you can look at my history. Amen. I might have did wrong, but I came to church. Amen. If I wrote my history book, amen, I'd have to say, I went to the club. I did this, I did that. But I, in so Sunday morning, you found me in the house of God. Now, I, I didn't drink, so I didn't come drunk. But, I mean, I came to the house of God. Amen. And I listened to the preacher. Hallelujah. I thank God for the word of the Lord because the word of God is active. The word of God is alive. The word of God is spirit and the word of God is life. Amen. As I said, and I listened to the word of God. Amen. Sometimes the preacher talked about me, but I knew he didn't know me. I knew he wasn't watching me in my window. I didn't know that the Holy Ghost was speaking. And I may have had to draw up my toes, but the word of God was good in my life. The word of God transformed my life. Let me tell you something. If you stay in the Lord, Amen. The word of God, amen, will begin to work and you'll see God's ability. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Every time I go on the mission field, I see God at work. We saw God at work Saturday when we were out walking. Amen. We got here Saturday morning and, and we thought we were going one place and they said, no, you can't come here. Amen. You can't pass out no tracks here. You can't, you can't come. Walmart said it. And I said, okay, we're going to call them. We're going to boycott Walmart. But then I found out that's policy. So folk ain't going to, black folk, nobody's going to boycott Walmart anyway. That's a daily trip. That's a weekly trip. That's a three times a week to Walmart. Amen. You can't come. You can't do that here. Amen. And we went one other place. Nobody was there. Sister Lee said, well, you know, she's a pastor. She said, food lion is in my spirit. She, said, she had told us about it here. It said, just come. So we went to food lion. The manager said, what I don't see, I don't know. And so we were able to encounter people in the parking lot at food lion. That's God's ability. The devil might shut one door, but God will open another. 
Amen, amen. But you've got to see this, and you've got to press through. We could have given up, and we could have gone home. How many people give up? You're going through stuff, and you just give up. No, you got to press through so you can see God's hand at work. you got to know that God is able. You can't just sing about it. You can't just preach about it. But you've got to know that God is able. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted, you know, I've been wanting to get my driveway fixed for many years after the broke up. And so the other day, some things happened, and the Lord provided the money, but I only had so much. You know, there's a cutoff point. And every bid I get was over $10,000 over so much that I had. But the Lord said, call this person. See, I could have gave up. I could have, you know, and I was thinking, I said, well, you know, well, I'll just do part of it, and then I'll save some money, and I'll pay something else off. But the Lord put that person on my mind, and I called that person, and that person called me back and said, Bishop, he said, I told you I'm trying to get you a good price. He said, uh, he said now, I got one more person I'm going to call, but he said, but this is what we can do it for. This is what we could do it for is $1,000 over my cutoff point. And guess what? $1,000 ain't hard to come by. God is able. I said, God is able. Are you understanding me? And this just didn't start yesterday. Amen. That's how come I know don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. I know I got to finish this, but I tell you what, I've experienced the hand of the Lord at work in my life. I told you about the time I was in Malawi and the man had stole my phone. I don't know what happened to the phone. Amen. But, 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 but we were searching, we were searching, and the team had left and come back to the United States. And I called and said, S. Junior, did you accidentally take my phone with you? He said, no, I didn't take your phone. And so I was about to give up. And over in the night, I don't know what time it was, the Holy Ghost woke me up and said, look under the mattress. Now, 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 that wasn't just my mind. I lifted the corner of the mattress. I didn't see anything. And the Holy Ghost said, no, lift the mattress. And when I lifted the mattress, my phone was in between the mattress and the box spring in the middle of the bed. I tell you, God is able. I tell you, God is able. Amen. Amen. When the doctor said, and I didn't hear the doctor say, we don't expect you to live for eight months, and I didn't hear it. That's God. Because I had heard the doctor, let me tell you, amen, we sing, we sing, whose report do you believe? We believe the report of the Lord. Now, if I had heard the doctor, my mind would have been on what the doctor said. But when they said I had cancer in my body, I said, take it out because it has no business being there. So they expect me to live eight months in 2011. Last time I checked, this is August, this is July 23rd, 2023. I don't know how much longer God has for me, but I thank God that I found out that he's able. I want to tell you, you've got to know the ability of God in your life. Your faith will be transcendent. So now when people tell me that they, they are afflicted with this disease or the other, I pray in faith. Amen. And I want to tell you, just believe God. Just believe God. Amen. I went to see Brother Talbot the other day, and I went in the room, and he was laying in the bed, and looked like looked like he was just, you know, all, just about to leave here. I said, Brother Talbot, you know, we got to have faith in God. He said, yeah, Pastor. Yeah, my faith is in God. I said, we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God. Amen. We prayed, and we believed God. And the next day when I went to see him, he was alert and talking. I said, look at God. God is able, saints. God is able. The God that we serve, amen, is developing us into a faith that is transcendent. We're not just talking faith. We're living faith. Amen. You're going through. You're going through for a purpose. You're having a hard time. You're having a hard time for a purpose. So your faith can transcend time, circumstances, situations. It can take you out of the mundane ordinary way of being a nice, good Christian and make you a formidable force in the kingdom of God.
Amen. When I look at people going through, hallelujah, I know that God is at work. Do you know that God is at work in your life? If you're going through something to know, do you know that God is at work? Do you know God has not forsaken you? God sees everything you're going through. He knew the report of the doctor before the doctor knew the report. Amen? Amen. He knew you were going to be at this point in your life ever before you knew you were going to be at this point in your life. But watch God day by day. Watch God day by day. Watch him pay your bills. Watch him, glory to God, make a way out of no way. Watch him keep food on the table. Watch. Now, you may not have the money to do the extraordinary, extravagant things, but in the midst of the process, God will supply your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to stop right here. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel mighty good this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. A transcendent, developing a transcendent faith. God wants you. He wants you to be able to run through troops, to leap over walls. Hallelujah. Yeah, he wants walls to fall in your life. Yeah, it's going to take faith because God's going to say, yeah, you don't do it the ordinary way. Yeah, you're going to march around this wall and you're not going to say a word. Yeah, but trust me, that at the end of the process, the walls are going to fall. Yeah, he, he may not even tell you the walls are going to fall. He's just going to say, do it my way. And you, when you do it his way, then he does the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God wants to use us. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. God wants to use us to cast out devils. God wants to use us to speak a word in situations. And those situations change in people's lives. Amen. It's time out for Christians saying, I don't know what to say. It's time out for Christians being scared, being timid and afraid. No, or operate and transcendent faith. It'll transcend all of that fear because God didn't give you the spirit of fear anyway. He gave you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Amen. God bless you. Maybe that's somebody this morning. You want to start this journey with Jesus. If you're here today and you've not given your life to Christ, or if you're watching us online this morning, and you've not given your life to Christ, this transcendent faith that, that the Lord talked to us about today, is for every one of us. Even that person who's not yet given your life to Christ, it's for you because God created you in his image and his likeness. You were not created for yourself. You were not created for Satan. You were not created for other people that might be in your life that you love so dearly. You were created for God. You were created for the praise and the glory of God. Amen. Now give your life to Jesus so he can transform you. And when he gives you back to people, you can be a blessing. Amen. I said, when he gives you back to people, you can be a blessing. That's why the Bible said, don't be unequally yoked. Some folk got people in their lives, they're not a blessing. Because God didn't give them to them. Or they took them too soon. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Anyway. So if you want to give your life to Jesus. The thing about Jesus and what God did in Jesus is that God satisfied the righteous requirement of his law that no human being could ever satisfy so that we could be reconciled to him. We include you. If you're not saved, that we includes you. So God was at work in Christ on your behalf so that when you heard the message today, you could give your life to him, but he'll never force you to do it. You have to make up your mind. You have, to, you have to yield. You have to say, Lord, I realize that I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe what that preacher said. The preacher said, you sent Jesus to die on the cross to reconcile me to you. So Lord, I'm going to take that at face value. I'm going to, I believe that you died on the cross for me to reconcile me to God. Lord Jesus, when you come into my life, I invite you in today. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you today. If you're watching me online today and you want to give Jesus, Jesus that opportunity to save you, 
and he will do it. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy God's righteous requirement of his law so that I could be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Save me from my sin. I receive you today. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.